0: You may be seated. Uh, we're going to look in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 12 and uh, 14 through 14. Uh, we want to share a message entitled Standing Upright in Christ. Uh, these are days where we need to stand for the Lord, uh, where we have a world that just seems to be bent on uh, taking away. Uh, The significance and importance of the church, and certainly turning their back on God, uh, we as believers need to stand upright in Christ. And Ephesians chapter 6 and uh, verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And our text verse is verse 13 and uh, verse 14. It tells us here that we, having done all to stand, stand therefore... So standing upright in Christ. There is much that can be said about uh, Christians uh, falling or stumbling in their Christian life. I see people fanning. Is it hot out there? No? Yes? No? Whatever? Well, do something. Amen. (laughs) Amen. So uh, do whatever you do back there, Tommy, and they'll yell at you. Amen. So that sounds good. Anyway, uh, it felt like it was getting hot up here, that's why I said that. (laughs) But I thought I'd pass the buckle on to you, amen. Anyway, uh, standing upright uh, in Christ, and the days are evil. Paul tells us here uh, very clearly that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood. We often look at the world we live in, we think that's our problem. It's uh, individuals, it's people, it's... uh, uh, human beings, uh, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Uh, we're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against rulers in dark, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's not forget uh, that we are in a spiritual battle. And uh, we might say, well, it's a, you know, it's a uh, physical election of real people, it may be so, But it's a spiritual battle. There always has been a spiritual battle. Uh, There's a spiritual battle going on in your home. And the devil wants to do whatever he can to rob you of the joy of serving the Lord. He wants to do whatever he can to trip up your children. And to cause them to turn away from Christ and to pursue worldly things. It's a spiritual battle that we must be fighting consistently and aggressively standing for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul, of course, we know this is a classic chapter that deals with Paul's identifying the armor that we're to put on uh, as we are fighting the battles that uh, we fight, spiritual battles that need to be overcome. So he concludes really with the concept, having done all to stand, stand therefore. So we need to do everything that is possible to stand for Christ. And when it all gets to the end of the line and you just say, well, I've done everything I could to stand, so what do I do now? Just stand. Don't, don't give up. Don't lay down. Don't roll over. But rather stand true uh, to the word of God and in, in, in fellowship uh, with our Lord. Abraham Lincoln said this. and I thought it was an interesting quote. He says, I am not bound to win, but I am bound to be true. I am not bound to succeed, but I am bound to live by the light that I have. I must stand with anybody that stands right, and stand with him while he is right, and part with him when he goes wrong. And so when we talk about doing all standing, therefore, and continuing to stand, doing everything that you can to stand What does that involve? It may not, in the world's eyes, be considered successful, but we want to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, and so that means everything that we do is done so as to stand for Christ. And uh, when we've done everything else that we can possibly do, we just need to continue to stand. We just don't give up. Uh, We don't lay down. We don't roll over. Uh, We don't say, well, we just can't do it. No, we continue to stand uh, upright in Christ. And so here's some thoughts as you go through scriptures to identifying different aspects of standing. I think, first of all, number one, uh, we need to stand alert. In other words, we need to be paying attention to the days in which we live. And I don't think we live uh, totally, completely, fleshly in the world but rather, the world that is around us, we need to be alert to what is going on. Uh, you need to uh, uh, go and study and figure out what political positions people take, and, and you need to be alert to what is going on. What is the agenda? Why? Because we're, we're not just Christians, we're not just a part of the kingdom of God, but we are citizens of the United States of America. So we ought to know what different politicians' positions are, and we need to vote based on biblical conscience. We need to vote based on our convictions and uh, find a candidate that lines up with those convictions. And uh, it, it's, it's an alarming thing that, that evangelical Christians will go along and vote for people who do not line up with what we believe. And uh, so we need to vote our conscience, vote our heart, vote our convictions to be able to put leaders where they're going to uh, further the cause of Christ. Uh, certainly, the only way that can be is that we need to be alert, and that means being vigilant. A vigilant man is alert. First Peter chapter five and verse eight says, "Be sober, be vigilant." Uh, So living the Christian life is not just a stroll in the park. It's not just a, oh, well, we'll coast along with things that are convenient. The Christian life is to be sober, which means to be serious-minded, be vigilant. That means to be alert. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And so a vigilant man is alert. That means he is cautious. He just doesn't respond. He just doesn't do things, just kind of off the cuff. But because of the fact that you have been diligently seeking information, assessing and evaluate the world that you're living in, uh, knowing the opposition and knowing the opportunities that God may afford us, Uh, We're cautious in how we address issues and how we deal with things in our government. Uh, It just simply means keeping careful watch for possible dangers. And so a Christian who's standing alert is a Christian who is making himself aware that there are dangers out there and I need to know where the danger lies. Because the roaring lion is seeking whom he may devour. I like watching some nature shows and different things like that. My wife doesn't like it when I watch those things. She doesn't want, I, I like to watch the lion, and I like to watch how he's ready to attack that water buffalo. Amen. And uh, I just—it's just—it's just interesting to me. <laughs> you say you're morbid and you're gross, but uh, to watch how the lion plots. How he crouches down, he reminds me of my cat trying to attack me. You know your cats are plotting to kill you in the middle of the night, you know. I read an article about that. But anyway, the lion, I mean, he's just, he's stealth. I mean, he just moves quietly through the brush and sneaks up onto his prey. And all of a sudden, before the prey even is aware of it, the lion is on him. And he's not going to get away. That's how the devil attacks us. That's why the Christian needs to stand alert. The Christian needs to be cautious where he goes, what he reads, what he studies, who he's involved with. The Christian needs to live a life that is a life that is very cautious, Uh, just keeping careful watch for the possible dangers that are lurking around you. There is a roaring lion who is wanting and desiring to devour you. And that's Satan. It's the devil. And so the Christian needs to stand alert. So he's a vigilant man, is alert. Uh, The prudent man is alert. Back in Proverbs in uh, chapter 14, the prudent man is always alert also. And uh, I'll read that over there. When you think about the prudent man being alert, you have to consider that he is sensible. Let's not make foolish decisions as Christians that are going to expose us to the danger that is around us. In uh, Proverbs chapter 14, in uh, verse 15, it says, The simple believe every word. I'm afraid we have allowed ourselves to become simple minded with the internet accesses and everything that we see on the internet. Well, it was on the internet, it was on YouTube. Oh, well, I I read it on Facebook. Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. The simple believe every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his goings. In other words, the prudent man's alert because he's trying to be sensible about what he's observing, what he's connecting with, how he's responding to it. Why? Because the sensible action is showing care and thought for the future. In other words, the decisions that you are making today are going to affect your outcome in the future. And I try to get this across to kids when they're in school. of course, they don't think you know what you're talking about, and they don't think it's really going to happen to them. Well, we try to get kids in school to think about, especially high schoolers, the decisions you're making in high school is going to affect you for the rest of your life those grades that you make in high school are with you for the rest of your life every time you go to a college every time you apply they're going to want to see your transcripts to see what you did in high school and oftentimes we as believers live this false concept this false assurance We don't need to pay attention to what's going on in life. We don't have to be sensible in life uh, because I'm a Christian. God's going to protect me and all this. But wait a minute. The things that you do, the things that you decide uh, to be involved in are going to affect you for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, I think of a soldier guarding at his post, guarding. You know, one thing for sure, when I was in the Marine Corps, when you were on guard duty, Uh, You better be on guard duty. It's not time for guard duty to be able to say, oh, I wonder what my friends are doing. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, On guard duty, you better not be sitting down and relaxing. You better be walking your post, watching, and making sure there's not anything that's out of the norm because to ignore your post and let down your guard will allow the enemy to overtake you. And as a Christian, as soon as you let down your guard, you ignore your post, you're not being alert. The enemy, the devil, is ready to overtake you. And uh, so uh, we need to stand alert. Uh, These are not days to take our ease in Zion. These are days that we need to pay attention to what is going on around us. So stand alert, standing upright, upright in Christ. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. So stand alert. Number two, I see this. We need to stand alone. In 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4 and verse 11, you may have to at times stand alone. Sometimes standing for Christ is not a popular thing. Uh, Sometimes standing for what is right as we were studying Luke chapter 12, uh, being aware of the The hypocrisy of the uh, um, Pharisees was to be aware of the false doctrine of the Pharisees. And Jesus is warning that we need to stand against that false doctrine. We need to stand against that hypocrisy. But the reality is not always everybody's going to be enthused about taking a stand on those issues. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 11, Paul says, only Luke is with me. Uh, Paul's at the end of his life. Uh, He's he about ready to be martyred for his faith. He says, only Luke's with me. He says, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable the, uh, to me for the ministry. And Titicus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas, and with Carpus, uh, when thou comest, bring with thee And the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. And at my first answer, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. So you might have to stand by yourself, but that doesn't mean you have to have a bad attitude about it. You may be, have to stand alone because maybe someone stands against you uh, because of your position in Christ. That doesn't mean you have to have a resentment and bitterness and anger towards them. And verse 17, Paul says, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And that's the issue. That's what we need to be reminded of. When we say, okay, we need to stand alert in the world that we live in, but that does mean we may have to stand alone, but never forget that. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his Heavenly kingdom, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so you may have to stand alone when you stand for the Lord. But that's all right. The Lord's with you. You say, well, I'm weak. I can't stand by myself. Uh, Yes, you can, because the Lord will strengthen you. And so uh, we need to stand. Why? Because Paul realized that as he stood with Christ alone that God was giving him the opportunity to preach the gospel. And I'll guarantee you, people may not understand it, they may not be in agreement, they may be upset with you when you stand by yourself for Christ. But I'm gonna tell you, your life, your testimony, your message that you share will impact their life. But you can't impact their life if you're unwilling to stand. Christ even though it means standing by yourself why you need to understand that the world will not stand with you the world does not care about what Christians think you see that in the climate we're living in right now with this whole thing with COVID-19 and I understand the health issues I understand safety issues I understand all those things but it does not give the government the right Uh, according to the Constitution of the United States of America, to regulate the church. I'm sorry, it just does not give them the right to do that. And I understand that it's unpopular when you say the church needs to be open, the church needs to function, Christians need to gather, Christians need to sing. I understand that's not a popular message in 2020. But the world's not going to embrace you. The world's not going to say, hey, go for it. You guys need to have great church services. The world's not going to say, hey, you need to do ministry to people. They're not going to say that at all. The world will not stand with you. They will not support you. Just understand that's a part of standing for Christ. The unsaved will not encourage you. The unsaved still, you know, when it comes to soul winning and things like that, and we're trying to figure out how we can be uh, soul winners during this thing, COVID-19, how we're going to contact people and all that. Uh, I know the unsaved crowd is not ready for you to knock on their door. The unsaved crowd is not ready for you to share the gospel of Christ. They weren't ready for it before COVID came. So unsaved will not encourage you. Backslidden Christians will not strengthen you. And so we need to stand for Christ, whether we're standing with someone else or whether we're standing by ourselves. Uh, Having done all the stands, stand therefore. Just continue to be in that position. Hey, there's enough churches that are closing down. There's enough churches that are compromising doctrine. There's enough churches that have compromised Christian testimony and personal standards and things like that. They don't need another church, a.k.a. Another, Ocean County Baptist Church to go along with them. And they need Ocean County Baptist Church and other churches like us to take a stand, even if we're the only ones standing, for the Lord Jesus Christ. I like what Charles Stanley said. Charles Stanley said this, There's only one secure foundation, a genuine, deep relationship with Jesus Christ, which will carry you through any and all turmoil. No matter what storms are raging all around you, you'll stand firm if you stand on His love. And so embrace Christ. Uh, grab a hold of the glory of the cross and identify with the love of God that was shed abroad in our hearts because of the sacrifice with Christ. And if God's willing to do all those things for us, and then it's a good place if I even have to stand by myself, just stand with the Lord. I like what Dr. Malone used to say years ago you and God make a majority. And listen, everybody else may be against you, but if you're standing with God, you're the majority. And we don't need to be intimidated by the world. So stand upright in Christ. Stand alert. Stand alone. Number three, stand in awe. Stand in awe. Uh, first of all, standing in awe in what sin does. Back in Psalm Psalm 4, uh, uh, we, I think we have lost the sense of wonder. I don't know if I want to use the word Wonder. Uh, I think we've lost a sense of, the, of uh, being moved in a spirit of awe in the devastation of what sin does. Sin ruins people's lives. It ruins people's lives. It ruins your life. It ruined my life. And that sin is wreaking havoc on people's lives. It's terrible. And uh, Psalm 4 and verse 3 says, But know that the Lord... Uh, hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. And then verse 4, it says, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still, Salah. We need to stand in awe in reference to who God is, but we need to stand in awe in reference to what sin does to mankind. You know, it was our sin that caused the interrogation of Christ. It was our sin that nailed Christ to the cross. Uh, and we all ought to be so moved in awe of the devastation of sin that we'll be willing to stand with Christ and stand in a spirit of holiness uh, because of the fact we don't want to be consumed with the consequences of sin. So we stand in awe of what sin does, but we stand in awe of who God is. Psalm 33 and verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his wor- all his works are done in truth. And uh, so knowing that everything that God does is done in truth, standing in awe of of who the Lord is uh, literally it means to be stirred up to be excited about who God is and so we need in the, this is, in the days in which we live i tell you we, we shouldn't be walking around in just a spirit of despondency we ought to be walking around in a spirit of excitement uh, because I listen I believe that God's going to do something I really do Everything that is going on in this world, the direction that it is going, the devastation that we're witnessing, the corruption that is overbearing in man's life, I'm going to tell you right now, God has got to be ready to do something. And I believe God's going to break through and do something miraculous that Christians are going to stand around and just... Psalm 33 in verse 8 says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. And I just know that God's going to do something. I want to be in a position where I can enjoy it and get excited about it. Amen. So what does all that mean? It means holding on to the power of God. Just hang on to the power of God. God is still strong enough to do what he desires to do. Oh, I think I skipped one. We need to stand in awe of God's word, what, what God's word says. Did I put the next ones in there, Humble, uh, um, holding on to the power of God? Did I put that on there? I did. Amen. All right, Jack, keep me straight back there. I, I put these things on the computer and I forget what I put on there. Amen. But anyway, what God says, God's word is still true, it's still just, it still has instruction, it still has power to change people's lives. So holding on to the power of God because we're humbled at the holiness of God. I was listening to a preacher uh, preaching and he was talking about uh, Jonathan Edwards and the Great Awakening and Jonathan Edwards preaching that tremendous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And I think we have lost a sense of wonder, we've lost a sense of awe that God is an all-powerful God because He is a God who is completely holy. I thought of a healthy fear of God. A.W. Tozer said this, the yearning to know what cannot be known, to comprehend the incomprehensible, to touch and taste, The unapproachable arises from the image of God in nature of man. Deep calleth unto deep, and although polluted and landlocked by the mighty disaster theologians call the fall, the soul senses its origin and longs to return to its source. Man, I read that and I thought that's a hunger of my soul. Uh, I understand the fall. I understand the sinfulness of man. I understand the yearning to know what we cannot know. But it is literally my soul longing to stand in awe of an eternal God who's involved in my life and involved in the world that I live. How can I but stand in awe of who God is? So having done all to stand, stand there for. So we stand alert, we stand alone, we stand in awe, we stand always. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, standing always. Our anniversary, 40 years anniversary is coming up for our church. And I was just thinking the other day of how many people that are in this church still today that came to this church within the first five years that this church was started. And they're still here. I think of that, I said, well, there's people that stand always. The church has been through problems, been through ups and downs, had blessings, it's had cursings, it's had all kinds of problems. But wait a minute, no matter what's going on in the world that we live in, no matter what may be going on in our personal life, no matter what may be going on in the church, we need to stand completely, always standing for the Lord. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. May I just say this? The work of the Lord didn't stop because of COVID-19. I thought I'd throw that in there. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, so stay in always. Notice, first of all, because he's saying here to stay be steadfast, unmovable. Realize this: that behind steadfastness is consistency. Uh, you know, we're, we're in this thing for a long haul as Christians. We're not just a Christian temporarily. Uh, we're not involved in ministry temporarily. We're in this for the long haul. And so steadfastness, we're going to be steadfast, then that means there must be consistency in our Christian life. And behind consistency is motive. What's driving you? What's motivating you? What's exciting you in living the Christian life? If one is to continue on, he must think, of what is motivating him. Are you motivated just by your emotions? I've seen people come into the church. Oh, man, this church is great. Oh, pastor, I love you, man. I'll tell you what you're preaching. Oh, I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. They're so emotional. I'll tell you what, there's just emotion oozing all out of them everywhere. (laughs) Then a year later, they're gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just don't want to come to church anymore. Well, what, what, what? We're supposed to be steadfast. We're supposed to be continuing in the Lord. So the motivation that you had was wrong. The motivation that comes from God is a sense of who God is. And he develops a longing in your heart to serve him. And that develops consistency that enables us to be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The reality is the preacher doesn't feel like getting up and preaching sometimes but the preacher still has to get up and preach. Sometimes we don't feel like telling somebody about Jesus Christ, but somebody still has to tell them. Sometimes we don't feel like teaching Sunday school, but the children still need to hear about Jesus Christ. So having done all the stands, stand therefore, stand always. So we serve the Lord, we stand out of a heart that's in love with Christ. Love never fails. And if love never fails, then the thing that's going to keep me going and not fail my Christian life is the love of Christ. So we stand always. Then I thought of this, we stand able. And I, when I said that, I think of this standing able is that we're conscious of the power that we have it's not standing in ourselves but it's standing in christ standing upright in christ philippians 4 13 is still in the bible i can do all things through christ which strengthens me you say i just i just can't i just can't do anything anymore i just don't have the strength uh it's all right you need strength from the lord conscious of the power of god standing able means that we're having the ability or the power to stand upright for Christ and serve him, standing able. I don't know if I'm able to do that. Yes, when you're conscious of the power of God resting in you, then you can do that. We're conscious of the changes of actions in our life. James chapter 1, James tells us not to be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so how can I stand fast in the Lord, stand upright in Christ? It's not just by the power that I have that God will freely give me. But it is in reference to determining to change my actions to do everything that the Bible says. And then there is always the challenge of the Word of God that gives us the ability to be able to uh, do the work of God and be able to live for Christ. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And here it is. It's piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So I'm challenged by the word of God because my actions have been changed through the power of Christ that rests upon us. And so that gives us the ability to stand. And then I just thought of this. We need to stand armed. Don't worry, that's the last point, so you'll be all right. You're going to survive. And 2 uh, Corinthians, I love 2 Corinthians chapter 10 in uh, verse 3 through 6 in reference to the weapons, identify your weapons. Our weapons are not what the weapons are of the world. It tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse uh, 3, it says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So if we are in this fleshly body, it's clear to see, We need to be reminded that the battle that we have is not against the fleshly body. We don't war after the flesh. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, we don't war. In other words, our ability to fight this battle is not based on the flesh that we have. And then he explains to us in verse 4 For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So we don't do the work of Christ in the flesh. We don't stand for God in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then he says this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so we stand armed against the enemy. We stand armed in the reality of, wait a minute, we don't fight the the Christian fight uh, through the flesh. We fight the Christian fight through the power of God that rests upon us because of the power of Christ and the armor of God. So we take take your stand. You got to take your stand. You have to decide, I'm going to take my stand. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. That's the conclusion as Paul's coming to the end of his life. He said, here's the final thought is you need to be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. How? By putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers in darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And then he states, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. So, when we think about standing upright in Christ, that means we have to stand alert. We're on guard. We're watching out for the attack that the enemy's going to launch. We need to be willing to stand alone. Not You don't always have somebody that's going to stand with you, but you've got to stand with Christ because you and God make a majority. need to stand in awe. We serve an awesome God. My God is an awesome God. And we like singing that song, but is he really awesome to you? Stand in awe. Stand always. In other words, don't try to justify refusing to stand for Christ. You need to stand always. And then stand able. In other words, you're able to stand because it is a power of God resting on you through the word of God that gives you the ability to stand against the enemy. Then stand armed. We don't send our soldiers in the battle and say, oh, we want you to go in and fight the battle, and we want you to win this battle, but oh, by the way, you can't take any weapons with you. Uh, No, no, you're not going to win very many battles that way. The Lord does the same thing. He gives us the weapons of our warfare to do battle in spiritual wickedness, and he gives us the ability to stand against the enemy. So, standing upright in Christ. Uh, You don't need to be afraid to stand for the Lord because he has promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He has promised that he would not abandon us in the midst of the battle. Matter of fact, he has promised us that he is the captain of the host. He has so declared that he'll fight the battle for us. And so all we need to do is stand upright in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight. We're thankful, Lord, that we can know that we're saved and that we're secure in the Lord and and we can experience an anointing of power that will rest upon us because of all that Christ is. Help us to do, having done all to stand, help us to stand, Lord. And sometimes uh, it just, it gets overwhelming. Sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes we feel like we can't make it. But I'm glad. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I'm thankful for the presence and the power of Christ upon us. Bless these saints of God. I pray if there's someone that's struggling spiritually, uh, maybe watching live stream or here in the building, and and, uh, Lord, they're not sure they're saved. There's a spiritual battle going on in their heart. I pray they might receive Christ as their Savior. And uh, the Lord can make us a new creature if we'll just have faith to believe. And so blessed now, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.